message quickly uh, because there's some other things I want us to, to get into this morning. But Romans 8 and 31 has been our beginning verse uh, for several weeks now. And here the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to pen these words. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And if you take that first sentence in that verse, what shall we say to these things? He's talking about how are you going to respond? And of course, what follows there in verse 32, 33 on down is many different situations that Paul had found himself in. And we see that the Holy Spirit is providing responses that we can take as our own and use as our own when we also face accusations from the enemy, when he tries to condemn us uh, because of some sin we may have committed or some mistake that we, we may have made. And so what we're learning from this in the bigger picture is that how we respond in different situations is very, very, very important. Uh, manipulating our responses is the number one strategy and tactic that the enemy uses against us. I've told you before, I'll tell you again this morning, he can't make you do anything, but he tries to entice you into and, and prod you into the things that he wants you to say and to do. He wants to manipulate your response. And just want to once again remind you that you, you can't control what other people say and do and decide, but you do have control over how you respond. And even when <clears throat> things happen in your life that, that may not be what you expected or may not be what, what you, know, you thought should have happened, um, it's in those moments that we need to um, choose our words and our response very carefully. Um, because how you respond to the challenges you face in life is the difference between victory and defeat. What is temptation if it's not Satan trying to manipulate a choice to sin from you or from me? And we said that Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, which I believe goes down as the greatest sermon ever preached, <clears throat> he covered so much about our attitude and our responses. So when he tells us to pray for those who spitefully use us, when he tells us to bless those who curse us, when he tells us to not worry, when he tells us to not take offense, and all of these things are things he covered in that, in that sermon, notice how all of those, the common thread in all of that is a response on your part or my part. Worry is a response. Being offended is a response. Uh, not forgiving people is a, is a response. Uh, cursing people who curse you is a response, just like blessing people who, ble who curse you or blessing people who bless you. Again, all of these things are a response. And so we've said that the right response on your part will neutralize the devil's strategies against you. And every strategy he has, every strategy he has, every scheme, every tactic, every wild, every method is designed to push your buttons, okay, in order to uh, elicit from you some response that will make things uh, worse in your life, that will compound whatever it is that the enemy's trying to affect against you. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Ephesians 6 and 10. 
And some of you may be familiar with this particular passage, but this is where we find, um, not the only place, but the main place that we find uh, instructions concerning uh, the armor that, um, that we are to put on, take up and put on to defend ourselves and, and stand against the strategies, the wiles of the devil. Now, the tie-in here is that the wiles of the devil all involve uh, provoking you to a wrong response. And that wrong response, again, it, it, it can be anything from, from pride to, to anger, you know, to uh, con- self-condemnation. Um, notice, we talked about this, I think, two Sundays ago. Um, let's say we're tempted and we do sin. Now the enemy's wanting you to respond to that by condemning yourself, by speaking all kinds of words of shame and guilt over your life. Um, so, again, it's, 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 it's manipulating the response. Every tactic he has against you involves producing or, or manipulating or provoking a wrong response from you. And if we understand that, I think it helps us put the armor of God in the right context, not just what it means to put it on, but again, the bigger picture is you know, what this armor is meant to defend us uh, and help us to stand against, to stand against the wiles of the devil. We asked a question, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, exactly what are we suiting up for? You know, we're getting suited up here. What are we getting suited up for? And it's clear here to defend ourselves against the wiles of the devil. So let's read through this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice personally, you take it up, you put it on so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at me here for just a moment. This just kind of jumped in my spirit. Let me just mention this right quick. Do you remember when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he kept wanting the disciples to pray, you know, as well. And for years, I looked at that thinking that he was wanting them to pray for him. But that's not what he said. He wanted them to pray, right, because he knew that a lot was about to come down on them because of him. And he, he wanted them to pray that they would not enter into temptation, that they would not enter into temptation. Now, you think, okay, Jesus is over there praying. Why can't, you know, why don't Jesus just pray that they won't enter into temptation? Because there's some prayers you've got to pray for yourself. There's some things you've got to do for yourself. And I can put the armor on for me, but I can't put it on for you, and you can't put it on for me. You've got to put it on for you. I've got to put it on for me. This is a personal thing here. So notice as we read through this how many times he personalizes this, that you, you put it on, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, in light of what we're up against, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able, you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet, I don't, I'm not trying to be obnoxious with this, but notice your waist, your feet, with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
Now, we said last week, and I've thought of this often uh, since last Sunday, so I think it bears repeating again this morning, and that is, imagine someone going into battle without armor or weapons while everyone around them has weapons and has armor. The Bible says your adversary, the devil, is seeking whom he may devour. And I think it is pretty clear that the one who's on the battlefield without the armor and without the weapons is going to be much easier for the enemy to devour than the one who has owned the weapons and who has, who has the flaming sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, um, in their hands. So I believe, and this is just me speaking to you, okay, as the servant leader of this family of faith, I believe what we're talking about now is one of the most important things for us to understand and to do right now. Um, over the years, as the Lord has you know, taught us new things, I get real excited. I, this is the most important message. And then, you know, six months later, no, no, this is the most important message. And, and so what we're looking for is, is a word for due season, a word for now. And I believe what the Lord is saying to us now is that we need to understand what it means to take up and put on the whole armor of God. Um, Brother Tim Dean, after last Sunday morning's service, he came up to me and he said, you know, kind of how the world, and I'm paraphrasing here what the Lord spoke to him, but, you know, the world says, you know, you need to get involved, you know, you, or you need, to, you need to get off the, the sofa and get in the game. And he was kind of thinking along those lines about how he could be more involved in the, in the, in the battlefield and that he, you know, basically, you know, you need, you need to get on the battlefield. And he said the Holy Spirit corrected him real quick like. He said whether people acknowledge it or not, they're on the battlefield. You woke up on a battlefield this morning. If you woke up on planet Earth, you woke up on a battlefield in a fight. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put that up on the screen. You woke up on a battlefield this morning, putting on the whole armor of God. Putting on the whole armor of God does not mean you won't be swung at or shot at by the enemy. Now, <clears throat> I, uh, <clears throat> the gospel means good news. And, amen. And I got good news for you. Are you, are you hearing me? I mean, I, it, it's amazing to me how somebody can call themselves a gospel preacher and all you ever hear coming out of their mouth is, is, is negative and bad and, and, and doom and gloom and woe is us and, and all these other things. And I, I'm just telling you, it's not who Jesus is, it's not who we are, it's not who the apostles uh, were and are. And, and so I'm, I'm saying all that to say this morning that I, I don't want you to hear uh, or leave here thinking that I'm, I'm being negative because I'm, I'm not trying... Uh, to, to be uh, negative, but if we did not need armor, we would not be told to put it on. If we did not need armor, if armor were not necessary, we would not have been issued a set, okay? And so because we have been given armor and have been instructed to take it up and put it on, that tells me 
and it should tell you, and hopefully we're hearing what the Lord's saying this morning, is that it's very, very important that we take up and put on the whole armor of God. And so again, putting on the whole armor of God does not make you immune from the enemy taking a swing at you or taking a shot at you. The enemy is going to take a swing at you. The enemy is going to take a shot at you. Are you hearing me? Whether you have on armor or not, that's what he does. That's who he is. That's the, 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 the mission that he uh, has put himself on. So the question is not whether or not blows are coming your way. The question is whether or not you will be wearing armor when they come. Praise God. Okay, so again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I don't want you to take, uh, you know, woe is me and sorrow and all that out of this. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not what I'm, I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us. Okay? But the whole idea of putting on armor is to be able to protect yourself, to be able to defend yourself from the blow when it comes. If there were no blows coming, if there were no arrows flying, then we could put on the shorts and the flip-flops and the t-shirt and, and, and pull up an easy chair. Because we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't need the armor. But, but we see that the armor is to be taken up and put on because Father knows, the Holy Spirit knows, Jesus knew from personal, first-hand experience on this planet that, that the blows and the arrows are coming from the enemy. So the question again is, is not whether or not the blows are coming, whether or not the arrows are flying. The question is whether or not you will be wearing armor when they're aimed at you. Now, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about um, just personal experience that uh, I think most of you know. Um, I went through, and, and several members of my family went through recently. Several members of this family of faith have went through recently, and that is this: some of us um, have been recently hit with a fiery dart called coronavirus. Thankfully, the armor absorbed most of the blow. Are you hearing me this morning? We were hit with a fiery dart. But thankfully, that's what armor is supposed to do, right? When, when you're hit with something, the armor absorbs the blow or most of the blow. Think about it, please. Armor is designed to protect you from the battle raging all around you. Arrows are flying. Swords are clashing. As I've already said, and I got a little bit ahead of myself, if the whole armor of God was not necessary, He would have never told us to put it on. If there were no threat of being hit, there would be no need to suit up. Now, let's zero in this morning on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. He says, above all. Above all. Now, above all means, you know, not to somehow diminish the importance 
of the other pieces of armor. Sometimes when we hear above all, like for instance, if you're not careful, the enemy will frame someone around you being promoted as you being demoted. In other words, because you didn't get the promotion, you feel like you've been put down. You haven't been put down. It's just somebody else has been raised up. So when he says above all, it's not by any means to diminish the other aspects, uh, 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 other pieces of armor that's been made available to us. But he's saying above all, in other words, this, this is uh, you know, one of the most important two pieces here, the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, notice he says again, that you will be able to quench. That you will be able to quench. I'm by no means trying to discourage you from praying. We should absolutely pray. Matter of fact, I hope you're planning on praying more this year than you did last year. Okay, But I think sometimes we pray to God to do things for us that we are supposed to do for ourselves and for others. When it comes to dealing with the devil... We have been given authority in the name of Jesus to deal with Him, to bind Him, to to cast Him out. We brought this up, um, I don't know if it's a few Wednesdays ago, when when Israel was uh, set free, the nation of Israel was set free from Egypt, and then Pharaoh changed his mind and sent the armies after him, and now they're literally between a rock and a hard place. I mean, the army's bearing down behind them, and and the Red Sea's in front of them, and Moses does what anybody should do, starts crying out to God. But thank God he didn't just sit there and wail and cry out to God and not listen to God at the same time, because while he's crying out to God, God tells him what he needs to do. And he asks him, he says, what's in your hand, Moses? He's like, well, the, that staff, right? That rod. Use it. Use what I've given you. Fix this situation. Fix this problem. So I know, I understand, you know, God parted the Red Sea, but He used Moses to do it. Amen. He put Moses in a position to part that sea so that the will of God could be carried out for these people. So He says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, what you've heard stories, different people talk about it, you know, I don't know of like one specific one, but it would be like somebody coming forward and saying, Pastor Mark, would would you pray that the devil would leave me alone? You know? Jesse Duplantis kind of has a, a, a humorous, you know, how humorous he is. He he says, um, so that means you want me to pray for you to die? Right? Because the only way the devil's going to leave you alone is get out of here. Right? Leave this planet. Well, obviously that's not what, what we're looking for here. So I, I, when it comes to praying that, that, that the Lord will extinguish, quench the fiery darts of the wicked, he says, no, I've given you the shield of faith so that you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, when we talk about responding, I want you to think about this with me for a minute or two, okay? Few things get more urgently focused on a response than a fire somewhere a fire's not supposed to be. Right? Do you understand the, do you understand the point? You ever had a potholder catch on fire in your kitchen? 
You ever had a skillet of grease get too hot and catch on fire in your kitchen? Again, few things get people more urgently focused on a response than a fire somewhere a fire is not supposed to be. Right? You ever got too close to the fire and your shoelace catch on fire? Or your, 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 your pants leg catch on fire? Right? Right? Your hat, your hair? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What do you, what do, you do? Man, you start, you start going crazy, right? Trying to put that fire out. How you respond when, if you've got grease on the stove that's on fire, what's your first thought? Throw water on it. What's the worst response? Is throw water on it, right? But in that urgency, in that moment, in that, oh my goodness, this thing's on fire, we've got to do something, first thing we think, fire, water. Notice your response can, remember we've said this over and over again, your response can be a part of the answer or your response can be part of the problem. If your response is water to a grease fire, you just made it worse. Okay? So there's an urgency associated with something being on fire. Are you with me? Few things get people more urgently focused on a response than a fire somewhere a fire is not supposed to be. So you're just bebopping along on a Tuesday morning, and next thing you know, you've been hit with a flaming arrow. Something has just caught fire in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Something out of nowhere, you know, your shield of faith has taken on a flaming arrow. How you respond to that flaming arrow is going to determine whether or not the arrow is quenched, put out, or is fueled, caused to burn hotter and bigger and spread, all based upon how you respond in the moment that flaming arrow hits your shield of faith. Okay. So he said, you will be able to quench the flaming arrows of the wicked one. Your enemy is shooting flaming arrows at you. How do you defend yourself and what do you do if one of those arrows actually hits you? You stop the arrow and then you put it out. You quench it, okay? Quench it. Notice he said you will be able to quench the fiery dart. That means there's going to be a moment when that dart hits the shield of your faith that it's still on fire. And, and now your response is either going to quench it or fuel it. Are you following me? Obviously, the Lord has, has uh, blessed me with the opportunity to work with, uh, I don't know now over the years, how many men and women um, are coming out of a life of addiction. And again, I can't tell you how many calls over the years that I've received from folks who have, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm just using this terminology loosely, they've relapsed, they've... they've um, Maybe in a, in, a, in a moment of weakness, they took a drink of alcohol or, or what have you. 
And, and one of the things that, that I tell them is depending on how you respond to this, right, this can either be a bump in the road, right, boom, and we're going to keep going, or it can be a complete meltdown. But it, but it all goes back to, and of course, I'm trying to coach them, hence the idea of a trainer in a corner of a boxing match. I try to coach them through those moments. Coach them through those moments. Try to give them counsel, wise counsel from the Word of God on what they need to say, how they need to respond, what they need to do. Because again, you, the way you respond will either be part of the problem or part of the answer, and we want to have the right response. But can I, can you just, can I just talk to you for a minute this morning? I'm not, I'm not, I hope you're not, don't, be, don't respond by being offended at this, okay? But um, back in, in his heyday when Mike Tyson was wading through the, the heavyweight boxing ranks, just knocking everybody out in 20 seconds, you know, um, he said something that has stuck with me all these years. He said, every man who ever fought me had a plan to beat me until I hit him in the mouth. Every man who ever fought me had a plan to beat me until I hit him in the mouth. Why am I bringing that up this morning? It's one thing to know what you're going to say to these things sitting in here this morning. It's another thing entirely when three fiery darts have hit your, field of, your shield of fate and one more is coming over the treetops at you. In other words, in the, in the heat of the moment... When you're taking on the fiery darts, what will you say to the flaming arrows landing all around you? What about the one stuck in your shield right now? You can say things that will cause the fire to increase and burn hotter, or you can say things that will quench it, that will put it out. Now, I'm going to get personal for a moment, okay? When I and most of my family was hit with the flaming arrow of coronavirus, I almost fell for the trap and said the wrong thing. You know, because again, in, 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 that, in the heat of that moment, okay? Now, the first thing that the enemy kept trying to put in, in my mind and the lie and the deception that he kept trying to say to me over and over. And this is, I'm trying to give you, I don't mind just opening up this morning, being vulnerable to you this morning, but I want you to learn something from this, okay? So the only reason I'm talking about it is I want you to learn something from it. The enemy is, is very deceptive. A lot of times, it's, it's not the in-your-face attack that gets us. It's the subtle one that we're not looking for, okay? And um, I don't know if, if, if you... Um, we're paying attention to some of the headlines um, uh, and I know some people right now are judging me because they don't watch the news I, I, AL.com I sometimes get weather reports and things like that on my phone and in the Birmingham area there were three or four young pastors who died of coronavirus around Christmas time and so the first thing the devil told me was that I was going to die and I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. I knew how to handle that, okay? I never spoke those words out of my mouth. I, I stood against that. So the next thing he told me is that my dad was going to die. 
he's 83, you know. I'm like, yeah, I know how old he is, but you know, he's, he's healthier than, than, but that don't matter in, anyway, right? Because we're not basing this on how healthy somebody is. We're basing this on, on the Word of God, right? So I, I knew how and, and responding to that, but this is where, listen to me very carefully, this is where the enemy almost, almost tricked me, okay? I had thoughts that went something like this. Wait a minute. I've been standing in faith against this since March. This is not supposed to be happening. Are you hearing me? That I was, you know, I'm like, no, no, <coughs> no, 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 right, you know. This, isn't, this ain't happening. We've, we've stood in faith at Heritage all these months, you know, believing God for protection. Father, you had us talking about protection last year, not even knowing this thing was coming, okay? And all of that, I was entertaining those thoughts. I shouldn't have been, but I was, okay? But here, here is the one that the Holy Spirit used to kind of jar me awake, all right? And that was when my thought went to, what will people think when they hear I have it? Okay. All right. Now, does anybody hear the error in that thought? Does anybody know what the name on that trap is? That's the pride trap right there. That's the pride trap, right? After all, I'm the pastor of Heritage Christian Center. I don't get these things. You, you see, that's, that's where, and that's when the Holy Spirit kind of, <clears throat> you know, kind of gave me a little nudge there. So picture it. I've been hit with a flaming air of COVID. Several members of my family have been hit. What I say to these things is going to determine whether or not the arrow is extinguished or burns more and consumes more. Am I boring you this morning? I'm trying to bore you. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So notice now, you're going to die. Well, obviously the devil was hoping, I was, I'm going to die. My God. No, no, so we're not, we're not even, that's not even coming out of my mouth. Right? I will live and not die. I will declare the wonderful works of God. Are you, amen. There's, we saying these things out of our mouths. My darling wife went around our house, she could hardly... She's like, we can't sit down because when you lay around, that's when the pneumonia tries to get you. And so, you know, we'd get up and walk. You got to get up and walk. And I was like, okay, you don't even want to walk to the bathroom, you know. And um, so we would walk. And she would, when the sun would come in the foyer of our house, she would pull a folding chair over there and get in the sun. And, and, um, but when she could hardly, she's so sick, she could hardly speak, right? Um, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We just... Man, we both sing at the top of our lungs, right? Amen. Amen. We're, we, 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 we're extinguishing the dark, right? Because what's the enemy trying to do with all this? He's trying to get the wrong response, okay? But notice this whole time, I'm sitting there thinking, this, this wasn't supposed to happen. Lord, you know, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. And then when, what will people think? Oh, ah, that's pride. But see, now notice, that's, the enemy is wanting me to respond with pride, right? Who does God resist? 
But who gets the help? Who gets the grace? The humble, right? Right? So I got, I got real thankful real quick because you can't be prideful and thankful and grateful at the same time. So that was what we began to do. We began to just, you know, all that we have to be thankful for. The kids were getting better. We were thankful for that. Ollie was fine. We were, we were thankful for that. Uh, Pam's mother didn't have it. We were thankful for that. So you know, notice now, see, we're, we're resisting, we're withstanding, amen, right, uh, these things. So, so let's just put this on the screen for a minute. Pride will fan the flames of a fiery dart, but faith will quench them. <clears throat> Amen. Are you, are you seeing this? See, if, if, if I had responded by being arrogant and prideful, this isn't supposed to happen to me, this is, blah, 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 right? Now, all of a sudden, the enemy has found a chink in the armor. He's found a way to uh, enter and to... Um, to make me more vulnerable to more flaming arrows. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing that? I'm trying to, listen, one of the problems, and I'm, I'm, matter of fact, singers, musicians, come on. One, one of the problems that, that I think we've had with this, and, and maybe I'm, I'm saying we when I should say me, okay? Uh, so I'll say one of, the, one of the issues that I've had in, in spite of teaching on these things and, and, and reading books about these things is, it's what I'm trying to do right now, is, and it's what I call the practical and the effective. How do we practically and effectively utilize the armor that we've been given? How do we practically and effectively take it up and put it on? Amen. I told you last week that if, if, if you are aware of the breastplate of righteousness, amen, the more aware you are of your righteousness, the harder it will be for the enemy to entice you to sin. And the opposite is also true. The less aware of the righteousness that you've been made, the righteousness that you've become, the righteousness that, that is available uh, for you to operate in on a daily basis in your life, the less understanding you have of that, the less aware of that you are, the easier it's going to be for the devil to entice you. Because he can't make you sin, but he's trying to tempt you. He's trying to entice you. He's trying to draw you away of your own lust. And so if you think you're just an, a, a sinner, if you still refer to yourself as an addict, even though you've been born again and whom the son sets free is free indeed, right? Well, see, again, it's very easy for the enemy to, to entice you to sin in those areas. But when you begin to really become aware that you've been made right before God in the eyes of God, and this is a gift that you've been given, and this is who you are now, right? It becomes more and more difficult for the enemy. I'm not saying it's impossible. We, you know, as, as long as we're in this flesh, the enemy's going to try to manipulate it. But it becomes much more challenging, much more difficult for him. So this is what I mean by the by the by the practical and effective. Um, you know, it's it's one thing, and we should never say, you know, I'm so glad I got COVID. That's not that's not what I'm saying here. And and my prayer is that if you haven't had it, you'll never have it in Jesus' name, and that you're immune and all that stuff. Okay, um, but I, I bring this up because I'm trying to show you what a fiery dart looks like and and we've been given armor because father knew that the blows were coming from the enemy the the arrows were coming from the enemy and you do not want uh, to absorb the the full weight of that blow yourself you want to have on armor to absorb the the brunt of it I believe I'm alive today because the the armor of God absorbed uh, that that fiery dart of COVID amen 
And, um, and so Paul called it a light affliction, amen, uh, but working for us a far more eternal weight of glory, amen. All right, stand with me this morning, praise God. You get anything out of this? I really, I want you to, you know, let me tell you where we're going to be next Sunday. The Bible, you know the Bible tells us to put on a lot of things. Did you know that? And, and so what I've been in an, effort to try, in, an, in an effort to try and understand more clearly what it means to put on, take up and put on the whole armor of God, I've, I've been looking at some of these other things. He tells us to put on the garment of praise. He tells us um, put on mercy, put on compassion, the heart of compassion, put on humility. We said that's the, the under armor. Uh, It'll make the, the, uh, the outer armor much more comfortable if you start with humility. Um, put on love. Put on love. Remember, the Holy Spirit's pouring love out in your heart, but just because He's pouring love out in your heart, you have to love people intentionally. You have to put it on, just like I intentionally put on this jacket this morning. Okay, But here's one of my favorites, right? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Amen. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to look at some of these things, and, and I think from that study we're going to deepen our understanding of what it means to take up and put on the whole armor of God. Amen. All right, I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here and you would like for someone to, to pray with you, these altars are open, but amen. Father, I just thank you for uh, these beautiful men and women. Um, Lord, those that are in the room this morning, those that are joining us online, I thank you, Father, for your hand upon each of our lives. and. Father, we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you. We humble ourselves and submit ourselves, Father, to your gift of righteousness according to your word. And, and we humble ourselves and we submit ourselves to take up and put on the whole armor of God. And, Father, in the, in the urgency of, of, of situations, sometimes you know, we may get too anxious. We may even get fearful. And, 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 Lord, I just pray in those moments when we're taking on flaming arrows, Father, um, that, that we will hear your Holy Spirit inside of us telling us how to respond and how to quench, how to put it out uh, so that it doesn't burn through and make things worse. Father, I thank you today that this family of faith is whole and well and strong. And I thank you, Father, that your hand of protection and provision and promotion and prosperity is upon us. And Father, I thank you that we are putting on the whole armor of God because we know that there are blows coming, there's, there's arrows flying, there's, there's uh, swords that are swinging. Um, and, and Father, that armor is protecting us and enabling us to stand against every tactic the enemy would try to use against us and helping us to overcome in victory. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's worship in Him again this morning before... Um, we leave, and again, if you would like someone to pray with you, these altars are open. We'd be happy to do that. But let's worship him one last time before we're dismissed.